All right, welcome, Industry 45 Podcast Show. I'm your host, Shane Christopher Neal. Just a reminder that you can subscribe and download the i45 show on Apple Music, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Buzzsprout, all the major streaming platforms. Also, you can check it out, of course, on my radio show page at giantfm.com, my radio show page at country89.com, and on my brand new website, baby, shanechristopherneal.com. So today, my conversation, uh, I spoke to this guy about five or six months ago. Really cool dude. His name is Brian Wheat, longtime bass player for the band Tesla. He's got a brand new book out, Son of a Milkman, My Crazy Life with Tesla, a book that was forwarded by Joe Elliott from the band Def Leppard, of course. And, you know, Brian's not really your typical rock star, you know, he, but you know what? He has lived the life, you know, the success of being in a rock band, the sex, drugs, rock and roll, and all that stuff. But this truly is an honest book. I got to read most of it, not all of it. I did get the ebook from his manager, and I read as much as I could before the interview. But, you know, Brian has struggled with bulimia, weight issues, anxiety, depression. It's all outlined in this book, and there's really some cool stories uh, of life on the road, collaborations with legendary rock stars like Def Leppard, David Lee Roth, Alice Cooper, Paul McCartney, and just a really cool dude. I, I You're really going to enjoy it. You really are, okay? Son of a Milkman is the book by Crazy Life with Tesla, Brian Wheat, Industry 45 Podcast Show. He's bold, he's sexy, and he's a drummer. This is the Industry 45 Podcast Show with SCN. All right, Industry 45 Podcast Show. Uh, Shane Christopher Neal, don't forget, you can stream our show, giantfm.com. You can download the app, and you can listen on the frickin' radio. Who would have thought, you know, that's crazy that they still have radio, but we do. And there's many people listening, so appreciate you guys, and uh, thanks for tuning in, as always. So today, I left the radio station on my way back to the studio, driving down the road, and the song Changes comes on by the band Tesla. And I completely forgot that that song was... Uh, performed and written by Tesla. It starts with a nice piano and killer tune. And ironically, Def Leppard <laughs> followed the Tesla song. And we'll get into that. But uh, on the phone right now, he's got a brand new book out, Son of a Milkman, My Crazy Life with Tesla, Mr. Brian Wheat. Welcome, my friend. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing well. It's been uh, a few months since we chatted, and all of a sudden, now you're an author. So so <laughs> good for you. Uh, I just want to say, I got the book or the e-book, I guess, I don't know, about, about a week and a half ago. So I've gone through 158 pages, so I haven't read the whole book. But, man, it seems like a, a pretty honest book. And when, when the title comes out, Son of a Milkman, like, you really are the son of a milkman. Wow. Yeah, yeah, my dad was a milkman. That, 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 that's a great, I, I kind of just thought that was just a play on something. I was thinking, this is going to be a great story. And why did you decide you wanted to write a book? And uh, why was now a good time for you? Well, I decided that I was going to write a book because it just seemed like the right time to do it with me being my age and the band being a, a band for 37 years. It just seemed like, well, now if, if I was going to put out a book, it would, would be the, the time to do it. But initially, it was my doctor back in the 90s that I was in therapy with that suggested one day you should... Uh, you know, think about writing a book because it's a good way to let things go. And that's a great point because in the book, I mean, you talk about your health issues. 
uh, mental health issues, weight gain, depression, like you lay it all out, man. And was that hard for you to do or was it, uh, you know, fairly comfortable for you to do? Uh, I get it. It wasn't that hard. I mean, I'm a pretty honest guy. Normally when you talk to me about anything, so being honest about myself came pretty easily to me. What do you hope now that your fans or the fans of Tesla um, are going to take away from this book? Uh, that the guys in Tesla are just like them. That, <laughs> That's a good know, point, yeah. For our living, we play the songs and sing, but that we're, we're people just like they are. With normal everyday people problems and issues and concerns and you know, just like anyone else. And and that's a great point because over the years with me playing in a band and I've played drums for a long time in a band and we used to always say in our little hub of people, you know, we argue and bitch and complain about the same things that Def Leppard does, that Tesla does. It's just they have a bigger audience and a bigger platform, but really day to day, it's exactly the same thing, just a different level. Um, let me ask you, were there any parts in this book that after rereading it that you maybe regretted putting in and think, you know, maybe maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe that was over the edge because you put a lot of things in there about your bandmates. Did you get any slack or feedback from them saying, you know, I really didn't appreciate whatever comment you made? Um, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> yet to be determined, maybe. Did you have them read the book at all? Yet Did you send determined. it to any of them? Did you send them a copy of the book at all or no? <laughs> No, no, none of them read it. Wow. And, and you Jeff know, told me to write whatever I want. He said, write whatever you want. It's all true. <laughs> um, you know, uh, and I don't think I said anything that, that bad about anybody anyway. Right. Because everything that you, you pointed know, out like it, was, was obvious to the people that were following the band too, right? Well, I don't know if it was obvious or whatever, but I'm telling the story. And, you know, look, if I say something about somebody in 1990, well, that's where we were in 1990. That's not where we are today. Right. You know, the, the point of the story is that we've endured some bullshit in our career and survived. Right. That's the story. Not what we were doing in 1990. If we were still doing the same thing we were doing in 1990, we wouldn't be here. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Do you have a favorite memory for the book? Uh, something that stands out to you, though? Oh, man, there's so many. That's why they're in there. You know, I don't have just one. I mean, that'd be a hard, that's a hard answer. I, I don't really have an answer for that. I, I thought it was interesting. Nikki Six, Tomato Farmers from Sacramento. So that's what he dubbed uh, the band Tesla? Well, I think when the, someone asked him about it, when we first came out, you know, he that's what he said. Yeah, I think, you know, he was saying that it's a joke. So it wasn't malicious. In the book, you reference some of the songs, obviously, from Tesla. And actually, a song that our band plays is Love Song. And Far out. Yeah, and, and what, my favorite, probably my favorite Tesla song. But just a, when, we, when we play that song live, man, people love it. And they just get right into it. And my understanding was the label didn't like that song, though. Is that true, when it came out? And uh, they kind of were fighting against that being released? Well, Tom Zutat and our manager, Cliff Bernstein and Peter Minch, they were basically our A&R people. And they, yeah, they, they thought it was three songs 
not one song. So uh, they, uh, no, they, they, they weren't big fans of that song. Do you think that that song kind of really uh, propelled Tesla or was it modern day cowboy? Cause it, you know, made it to MTV first. Right. So like kind of what, what, what do you see? Well, as cowboy the song? was first, but I think, I think the song that, that put us in everyone's house was definitely a love song. Something else interesting about Tesla. When I look at the bands you uh, toured with, uh, the, the poison Cinderella's David Lee Roth. Um, and, and, and I've heard you say this many times, like Tesla was not, um, what do we call it? A hair rock, a glam rock band. You were like meat and potatoes. And d- did it ever seem like, man, you know, if, if, if these bands are playing like the poisons and Cinderella's and yet you guys are like wearing jeans and a t-shirt, do you ever feel like maybe we don't fit with all of this or no? Did you just keep thinking we're a straight ahead American rock band and we're going to kick your ass? Well, that's what we always think. I mean, we always think we're straight ahead rock that we're going to kick your ass. Um, we belonged with them because we were of the same time, but we were definitely a different kind of a, a band than some of the bands that were contemporaries at the time because we weren't really an image driven band um, because we didn't really have an image. So our image was mostly our music. See, and I saw that you guys went out with, with great white and I kind of saw great white a lot like, like, like Tesla, very similar um, to that, just you know, just a good, good old American band out to kick your ass. And I think you toured with Great White as well, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we did. We did one tour with co-headlining Cliff Lovin and Jim. It's quite successful, actually. You know, another band that that you toured with, and I know you're very close to. I mentioned it off the top, Def Leppard. Um, speak to that relationship a little bit because they kind of go hand in hand. It seems <laughs> Def Leppard and Tesla, and you had some great relationships with Steve Clark. and And I read in the book about uh, the song "Woman," uh, the first single coming off Hysteria, that that was actually you or you guys who kind of brought that up. Well, Peter played a, three or four songs when the record was done on a bus one night. And me and Frank said, oh, man, you got to put that woman track out, you know, because we felt it, it rocked more than Animal and Hysteria. And I think it was Rocket. And uh, so uh, <laughs> we, we we got the blame for that failure. <laughs> <laughs> the failure? Was it a failure? Uh, well, yeah, it was for those guys. I mean. It wasn't until Hysteria came out that they actually started really blowing that thing wide open. And then Sugar was after that, and then Love Bites. And by the time they hit Love Bites, they were they were just selling a million records a day. Right. I found it interesting, uh, also reading in the book, you know, you had a number one song on MTV with Signs, which is not a song that you wrote, but uh, a lot of people, including me back in the day, thought you did. And you, you didn't even get to go to the uh, the VMAs, is that correct? Like, and here you have a song that's number one on MTV. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the point the the point was that we were never an image band, right? And you know, we only got one cover of a magazine our whole career. Lawn Friend gave us the cover of Rip Magazine on Psychotic Supper, and we had this number one requested song at MTV, which was signed, and we weren't invited to go to the VMAs. Because we weren't a visually stimulating looking band. <laughs> well, come on. You guys are pretty, you know, you're okay. 
I, I, there was also something in the book you were yeah, talking. I'm just, you know, yeah, that's, that's how it was, you know. And No, and I get it. And it was all image back then. And you mentioned uh, in the book as well a reference of, because I know you've struggled, you've said in the book uh, with your weight as well, that, that you could stand in the back of the photo because you weren't the lead singer and it didn't matter. And I'm thinking, what the hell does that mean? The guy's playing bass. The bass and the drums, the rhythm. Screw the singer. Yeah, well, that's, that's what my manager had said to Ross Alvin. He said, put him in the back of <laughs> the photo. He's not the lead singer. It don't matter. <laughs> Uh, with, with quoting Peter Mitch with, um, five man acoustical jam and you did it at uh, Trocadero right in Philadelphia. And what, what did that mean for your band? Because that's when really I got to become more aware and really a fan of Tesla is when that album came out. Yeah. Well, you know, that was during the acoustic thing we did. And, uh, it was, um, it was cool. It was different. It was an accident. Um, and to this day, people were still blaming us for the acoustic thing. <laughs> you mean when uh, MTV went to Unplugged and everybody started doing that? It was all Tesla's fault. Yeah, but that, you know, the MTV was doing Unplugged. We were just the first ones to do an acoustic live album. That's the one thing we did. We didn't start the whole acoustic trend. Right. But, you know, our live acoustic album was out before Clapton's or, or uh, Rod Stewart's or Nirvana's or anybody. We were the person with the live acoustic album. Let me ask you real quick about the, the record label. So with Geffen, did, did you find they were friend or foe in all of your career considering they had Guns N' Roses, Aerosmith, Whitesnake, and there's Tesla in that mix. Did you ever feel like, you know, they were pushing, we'll call it the big three. And, you know, would you have seen other successes with other labels or did you feel Geffen did a, a you know, a good job with what you guys brought to the table? I think Geffen, Geffen did a great job with Tesla, but we weren't their number one priority. We, ne we never were. I mean, maybe when our first record came out, but shortly after that, you know, they had Aerosmith and, Guns and Roses and White Snake and the Nelsons and Nirvana, and, you know who else knows what. So we were always kind of third or fourth in line, and uh, we still managed to be successful. So it's it's all good. Absolutely. Uh, one thing that stands out to me in your book, I'm looking at it right now. Um, it said you're hard on drummers. So why what why is that? Other than yeah. the other part of the rhythm section. So and I got to tell you before you answer this. When I got this ebook, I was just going to kind of flip through a few things, you know, get the gist of it, you know, to have this conversation with you. It's it's a it's fucking fantastic. Like I couldn't stop reading it. It's just I, I kind of ran out of time over the past week, but I, every page I'm like, there's something awesome every single page. If anybody gets this book, I will thank you. I appreciate that. Well written book, but tell me about the drummer thing. I'm just hard on drummers. I mean, I don't know why. I mean, when they come in my studio or for whatever reason, I'm just hard on drummers and drummers are all the same. They have the same kind of personality, you know, is that good or they bad? Can be a bit hard headed. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I find them to be hard headed sometimes, you know, drummers. And I think, you know, I talk about how in the, the book, me and Troy had times where we, we butt heads quite a lot. And, you know, but today we're in a lot better place and we don't butt heads quite so much anymore. And 
we understand each other a lot better. But yeah, I just I'm hard on drummers, man. That's okay. That's okay. Um, you know what? Like I said, it's, it's a great read. It's forwarded by uh, Joe Elliott, which is awesome as well. And final question for you. I know you probably don't have the exact answers, but it's been a shit show in 2020. So what kind of mentally, like what's your plan for 2021? I mean, I know when I talked to Jeff Keith, in an interview, he was just like, he's dying to go out and play. I'm sure you are as well, but what's, what's kind of sitting there waiting for you over the next six to eight months. If live music doesn't get back to normal. I'm sorry. What'd you say? Uh, I was just saying that, that when I was talking to Jeff Keith, I mean, I know he loves live music and I'm sure you do too, but if we're not able to get to that in the next six to eight months, what is your plan? Um, are you going to record some new music? Are you just going to hang out? What's what, what, are you, what, what are you going to do in the next little bit? And when do you feel like you'll be ready to get out there and play again? Well, I think I'll be ready. You know, I think, you know, we'd be ready to play in eight weeks if we had to. But I don't. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. You know. Hopefully, we're gonna we're gonna play and and start playing again in June. We have you know dates on the books, so hopefully those will be able to to go through. But um, if we don't, I don't know, man. That's that. You know, ask me then. I don't know what I'm going to do. You so, know, this this shit's getting old though. Yeah, at home, a hundred percent. Uh, great book, Son of a Milkman, My Crazy Life with Tesla, Brian Weed. Uh, thank you so much. Awesome. I appreciate it. All right, my man. The Industry 45 Podcast Show is sponsored by Trombetta Construction Materials, 1901 Barton Street, East Hamilton, and Highway 20 Font Hill. You can listen to the Industry 45 show on all major streaming platforms and at giantfm.com, country89.com, and shanechristopherneal.com.